A new political map by Nepal has riled up animosity with India. This new map claims regions of Kalapani, Lipu Lake and Limpiadura which are at the tri-junction of India, Nepal and Tibet to be a part of Nepal's territory. By doing so, Nepal has rejected India's claim over these territories. The issue made a resurgence again recently as Defence Minister Rajnath Singh inaugurated a crucial 80-kilometre link road to Kailash Mansarovar in Tibet, connecting the Lipulek Pass along the border with China. The Nepal government found that move to be quote-unquote violating Nepal's sovereignty and retorted with this new political map. What perhaps added more fuel to this fire was Indian Army Chief General M.M. Naravane commenting that all this was probably at the behest of somebody else hinting at China. So why has this been a festering issue for so long and does China really have a role to play in this friction between India and Nepal? You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorburi. On 22nd May, Nepal Prime Minister K.P. Oli wanted to introduce two amendments in the parliament, the Constitutional Council Act and the Political Party Act, to update Nepal's map to include Kalapani, Lipulek and Limpiadura. But he decided to call an all-party meeting first to forge national consensus before moving the amendments proposal forward. So what happened at this all-party meet? Nepali journalist Akanksha Shah, who's based in Delhi, said that the Nepal government and the opposition are united over this border dispute like never before. Nepali Congress has come up with a statement saying that the delay has not been from the opposition side and that they are fully with the uh, government on the adoption of the amendment in the constitution to update the changed uh, uh, map. But the other uh, political parties like the Madesi parties, the Samajwadi Party of Nepal and the Rashtriya Janta Party have also uh, demanded that their address, that, that the government address uh, their uh, concerns to incorporate other constitutional amendments uh, as, as well. Now, uh, since this uh, amendment proposal was registered in the parliament, we all know that this had led to New Delhi to harden its position vis-a-vis Kathmandu. But the delay since uh, yesterday would probably indicate at a possibility of some uh, dialogue. But I would also like to add that my sources are also saying that uh, the amendment would be incorporated sooner than later, given the uh, public uh, sentiment in Nepal at this uh, point. In terms of uh, Oli government having support in Nepal over this issue of uh, of coming up with a new map and the amendment to the uh, constitution, it seems that there is an unprecedented kind of uh, support since this is a very, very emotive uh, issue and has come at a time which perfectly suits the establishment in uh, Kathmandu. Um, uh, all the, uh, the the public, the government, the opposition are all united over this issue of uh, territorial uh, integrity. But Nepal didn't always have an objection to India's claims of Kalapani being a part of Indian territory. It actually started brewing around 1998. 
And at the heart of this issue is River Mahakali and the Colonial Treaty. The Treaty of Sagauli between British India and Nepal marked Nepal's border and Article 5 of this treaty reads, quote, areas east of Kali River belong to Nepal, end quote. For decades now, India and Nepal have been clashing over the source of the river which would determine whether the Kalapani area, which is around 35 square kilometers, lies in India or in Nepal. And of course, through these decades, the river has changed its course a few times. Nepal claims that Mahakali River originates from Limpiadura and not Kalapani, thereby asserting that Kalapani actually belongs to Nepal. But India claims the territory through the presence of its troops and it has since the 1960s. Occasionally, these countries have agreed to settle the border dispute, but that hasn't happened so far. We spoke to Manoj Keval Ramani, who's a fellow of China Studies at Takshashila Institution. Um, I think there are two things that we need to keep in mind when discussing this issue. Um, first, there is a broader context of uh, India-Nepal ties uh, and regional geopolitics that plays into all of this. Um, and second, there is uh, the fact that the border issue has been a sensitive issue for Nepal, uh, just as it, it is it is for India. And this has been the case for quite some time. It's not a new development. Um, and there is a domestic constituency. Uh, uh, this border issue is a purchase, it's a currency in Nepal, just as it has in India. There is a domestic constituency for this thing from a political standpoint. On the broader context that I mentioned, um, you need to keep in mind that uh, India and Nepal are neighboring countries with a history of uh, rather deep uh, economic, political, military and people-to-people exchanges. I mean, we have, seriously, we have an open border. So that just tells you about the trust, the fact that, you know, there are deep army linkages across, uh, military linkages across in both the countries. Um, India is also Nepal's biggest economic partner, and that's overwhelmingly the case. We are massively dominant in terms of the economy of Nepal. Um, And historically, therefore, India has been an active player, to say the least, uh, in Nepal's domestic politics. Um, Nepal is also a landlocked country, which is sandwiched between India and China. Um, And this leads to issues such as the Sino-Indian rivalry for influence playing out in that country. Um, But it also sort of creates room for Nepali politicians to, you know, hedge and to create uh, room for maneuver as they pursue their interests. Um, in 2015, there were very high tensions between both sides after, you know, amid Nepal sort of uh, putting together a new constitution. Uh, and there were tensions between India and Nepal with regard to that, uh, with regard to the Madhesi issue. And then you had uh, uh, a blockade uh, imposed by India, sort of an unofficial blockade, as you would call it, uh, which led to a lot of resentment within Nepal. Um, down the road after that blockade and after the new constitution was put into place, you had uh, elections in Nepal following which you had the two big communist parties in Nepal merging to create the NCP uh, with KP only as the prime minister. Um, so you can see that inherently, as you see these political parties merge, there are internal political dynamics of push and pull that will continue down the road. If you look at 2019, in November last year, India issued a new map after the reorganization of Jammu and Kashmir, um, after the abolishing of uh, Article 370. And uh, that uh, new map sort of created... Uh, some tension in in Nepal. Um, there was a change. Uh, this wasn't really a change in the previous map. I mean, the fact that uh, from the Nepal's pers- from Nepal's point of view, the map was exactly the same. Uh, yet there were sort of protests in Nepal. Uh, the issue was over the area of Kalapani, which Nepal uh, also claims uh, and which is under India's jurisdiction. And in previous maps, has also been as part of uh, Indian territory in Indian maps. Um, but the inauguration sort of 
struck a chord within Nepal. And again, you saw angry protests and you saw uh, statements coming out from Kathmandu, which were not so pleasant to say the least. Um, and I think this has a lot to do with the domestic political compulsions within Nepal. I mean, uh, in late April, there was deep turmoil within the ruling government and uh, there was lots of uh, suggestion that KP Oli could be losing his position. Um, and the Chinese ambassador there played a role in ensuring that, at least from the reports that we understand, played a role, the Chinese ambassador played a role, played a role in sort of brokering peace. So it suits domestic uh, nationalistic compulsions if you sort of raise these issues, and particularly with regard to a country like India, which, again, when you see an asymmetry of dependence uh, of a smaller power over a, such a large, overwhelming power like India in the neighborhood, um, it's easy to sort of, uh, you know, it's easy to sort of rile up tensions uh, and create that sense, particularly when you are in a politically fragile state. And now the issue has been brought up once again after the inauguration of the 80-kilometer link road. The Nepal Foreign Ministry took strong objection to the development and commented, and I'm quoting the comment, quote, The unilateral act runs against the understanding reached between the two countries, including at the level of the Prime Ministers, that a solution to boundary issues would be sought through negotiation, end quote. And the MEA responded with, again, I'm quoting the statement, quote, the recently inaugurated road section in Pithorgarh district in the state of Uttarakhand lies completely within the territory of India. The road follows the pre-existing route used by pilgrims of the Kailash Mansarovar Yatra. Under the present project, the same road has been made pliable for the ease and convenience of pilgrims, locals and traders, end quote. But this road has been under construction since 2012. So why did Nepal bring it up now after its completion? Akanksha Shah points out that the Oli government has been facing opposition from within the Communist Party of Nepal. And Nepal CM Oli has also been criticised over the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, uh, uh, having said this, we must understand the context in which this whole uh, issue has uh, emerged. Um, we all know that uh, Oli government was facing intense opposition uh, from within his, uh, within his own party uh, not very long, uh, long ago. He even fa uh, faced, uh, uh, you know, problems of uh, probable split in the uh, Nepal Communist Party and uh, with uh, his uh, uh, colleague, Mr. Prachand, uh, not being happy with the way government was uh, functioning and the way uh, it, it, it has handled the COVID-19 uh, situation. But irrespective of that, the um, opening of a new road from the Indian side at the uh, Lipu Lake uh, Pass has now uh, given uh, his uh, gave his government a completely new uh, agenda to uh, turn to, and the tables were completely turned, and the public and all parties across party lines are completely behind with him on this um, uh, matter. Now, like General Naravani's remark, experts on Indo-China relations and Indo-Nepal relations believe that there's more to it than meets the eye. Firstly, India has been facing quite a lot of disputes in the Himalayan side with China. In a previous episode of The Big Story, I've already talked about the incursion of Chinese soldiers in Ladakh and how China could possibly be trying to reassert its authority through these means. You can go back and listen to that episode 
But moving on, the second point to talk about is that experts also point out that Nepal and China's bilateral ties have solidified under the communist government's regime in Nepal. We do know that President Xi Jinping's Nepal visit in 2019 was the first one from China in 23 years. Moreover, through the Belt and Road Initiative, China is also offering Nepal an alternative route for its trading activities. The Quint also spoke to Prabal Dasgupta, a former infantryman with the Gorkha Regiment, who traced the battles between India and China on the Sikkim border in 1967 in his book, which is called Watershed 1967, India's Forgotten Victory Over China. And he says that all these disputes mounting up at this point of time is not a coincidence. Now look at the kind of aggressive stance that they are taking about various things. Um, the, uh, Xi Jinping spoke about the military preparedness. Some people connected it with India because, it, because of the current you know, goings on at the border. But he spoke of it in the larger sense as well. And he issued a statement why China needs to be battle prepared. Uh, the Taiwan statement, the Hong Kong goings on. So there's, there's been a pressure. And there's also <clears throat> a, a, a line past the session asking the Chinese government to be more assertive with, with, with countries outside who are likely to form an alliance. And this is something that they had passed at the session. Uh, now, uh, given that, they, they had, uh, you know, the, the way they, want, they wanted to respond to India was not only along the LAC, but if you look at it, they've also used Nepal to uh, take on India. Of course, Nepal is also backed down. It's, it's a coincidence that even Nepal is backed down at the same time that China has been backing down. So, so there are certain things that, that kind of tell us how uh, the smaller nations were used to act on their behest. But what moves are likely to address it now that Naravane has commented about the tension being fueled by, quote-unquote, somebody else? And we go back to Manoj Keval Ramani here. In terms of what to expect going forward, um, I think that's a good question. Um, how should this get resolved? To me, look, there's not really much that, that needs to happen. What essentially needs to happen is for both sides to realize, both India and uh, Nepal, that... Uh, there are certain things that we can do which can end up uh, creating stresses and tensions which are not necessarily in our interest. Um, I think it's important, uh, obviously, for India, for the Indian government to reflect on uh, how it went about uh, proclaiming the road and all of that and whether some of that could have been avoided uh, while you actually make the changes. Because, look, the fact is that this road on which there is a current issue is being built, has been built for a very, very long period of time. Right, The construction has been on since at least as far as 2012. So it's not a new thing that this road is being built by the Indians. Uh, but I think it's important to sort of understand that uh, there are certain kinds of actions that you might end up taking which may trigger reactions and those might not necessarily be in your interest uh, given the political sensitivities across the border. Um, and it's good for even folks across the border to sort of realize that mm, rabble-rousing and ratcheting up tensions are also not in uh, the broader strategic interests of Nepal. Um, so I think both countries need to sort of keep that in perspective and make sure that normal diplomacy sort of takes charge once again and tensions are sort of cooled down. The trade linkages between India and broader South Asia are not great. Uh, and we need to expand that, uh, expanding trade, expanding connectivity within the region, which is all assumed strategic significance uh, specifically after the BRI was launched. So I think we need to play this out far more sensibly with cooler heads and keeping the strategic objective in mind. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. 
For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts. 